Welcome to the Motivation Without the Hype podcast with your host, Jez Perez. He's an author, high-performance coach, and motivational speaker. This show brings you inspiring messages and interviews to unleash your greatness in life and in business. So let's get started. Welcome to Motivation Without the Hype podcast show. My name is Jez Perez, a former procrastinator, into an action taker. We bring you inspirational messages and interviews, including motivational insights, tips, principles, and proven strategies that you can take action on without the hype and unleashing your greatness in life and in business. Now, we appreciate you plugging in and spending time with us. And we have a very special guest all the way from Manila, Philippines, but he's been all over the world, and it's, I'm super grateful to have him on our show today. His name is Daryl Rubansky. He is the founder, president of Best Business Coach, and the host of Best Business Podcast, which is best known for his ability to create seven-figure automated income streams from scratch. Take note. Now, for us, as a senior marketing director for Praxis, now Neurogym, and he has generated over 1.6 USD million in under six months with a single marketing strategy, this became almost 7.5 million USD dollars in just under three years. Daryl, it's good to have you and welcome to the show. Yeah, it's an honor and pleasure to be here. So uh, with all the accolades that you achieve, please tell us who you are and what you do. Sure. So I help businesses with websites get customers and keep them. Um, that's what I used to say. Uh, I mean, I'm a simple guy from Canada. I had a, a, a dream one day to help make him to make a million dollars. And I did all the, the, the uh, Napoleon Hill stuff, you know, the think and grow rich and read all the books, went to all the conferences and read my morning mission statement. And what I realized, I should, I didn't say I wanted to make a million dollars for myself. Right. So I've made other people, I've helped other people make millions of dollars and I'm working rich. on making my own million. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah like, right. you know, seven million is a lot of money. It's a lot of pennies, you know, it's a lot of Starbucks. I'm working on my million now, but, um, you know, I just wanted, I remember when I was a teen, I worked at a, at a call center and one day I showed up to work and we were just kind of getting notified that the call center was being shut down. And I just decided I never wanted to be the last one to find out. I always wanted to be like, if you thought of it kind of like a river, I wanted to be like where the river was coming out of the mountain. You know, I didn't want to be at the bottom. And I also wanted to, I mean, everybody wants to avoid pain, right? So I wanted to avoid catastrophe and I've been obsessed about figuring out like what are the critical factors for success in business and, and how do you make, how do you make it? And how do, you know? So anyways, um, it's been my obsession since I was, I mean, I've been trying to figure it out since 17, but really the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic, I've been investing heavily in that because I've helped a few people make a few million. And one of the things that shocked me was that sales and, and money don't guarantee success in business. A lot of people would be surprised by that. But there's a lot of things. If you look at Netflix and Blockbuster, Blockbuster was a multi-billion dollar company. They could have hired any talent. They could have, they actually had an opportunity to buy Netflix at any point in time. And all of a sudden, Netflix, this new startup, made them go bankrupt. Enron's another company. One year, they posted $101 billion as their profit. The next year, they were bankrupt. So making money on its own doesn't guarantee success. And so that's really where I've been diving into, what does the science say? Everybody was arguing about the science. And I was trying to figure out what does the science say the last hundred years of research about business success? What does science say uh, about are the critical success factors in business? Wow. So you've run successful businesses um, in the past and currently. What has been your key lessons learned during your journey? 
Right. Well, so I've also had failed businesses, right? <laughs> um, I mean, what does it say? Success has many fathers, but failure is an orphan. And I want to put it out there that it's not like there's a golden touch. But I think if you focus on the right things, you're more likely to have success. If you thought about it, you know, say somebody wants to win the world championship, pick a, pick anything. You want world championship in judo. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. And you've got one person that's just going to figure it out in the garage with their buddies and some books and cassettes versus someone else that wants to go and they got three coaches to coach them that have all won gold medals at the Olympics. Both have the potential to make it to the Olympics and win gold. One of them is going to be more focused on the things that count. So our research, we really figured out, we went through, uh, do you know what a meta-analysis is? No, please, please share. So when someone does, so say I do a study, I study something and I publish my findings in a field. Well, when someone takes hundreds or even thousands of studies on a topic in a field and makes a summary of all of them, that's called a meta-analysis or a systemic review. So what we basically did is we did a meta-analysis of meta-analyses on business success from countries around the world. And what we found was when we took a look at these hundreds and thousands of studies and we looked at the factors that they said they proved, we tried to figure out what were the common, common excuse me, commonalities, what were the umbrella categories, the universal factors. And we found that there were eight critical success factors. So the first one is self-efficacy. The second one is market intelligence. The third one is marketing strategy. Then, it, uh, sorry, well, yeah, strategic planning. I, tried to, I like to try to say them in order of where I think most people need to go. It's almost like if you're cleaning your house, where do you start at the beginning and go? So I would, I, let me say this, go through this again. So it's self-efficacy, mark, marketing intelligence, strategic planning, marketing strategy, sales strategy and skills, money management, business operations, and business intelligence. And these are the eight critical success factors. And in them are sub-factors. So this one is, uh, you know, motivation without the hype. Well, we tried to, like, motivation, some people might think of self-efficacy. Well, that motivation might fit into that, right? And Jim Rohn, who's the godfather of personal development, Tony Robbins' coach and mentor, he used to say, if you have someone headed in the wrong direction, they don't need motivation because then all you have is a motivated idiot. What they need is an education to turn them around and point them in the right direction. And then it doesn't matter how fast they're going, at least they're going to go the right way. So when we figured out these eight factors, then we started diving into each one to say, well, what is self-efficacy? And the same thing, we looked at all these meta-analyses, right? I spent $50,000 total on all this research, and we figured out self-efficacy as a definition is your ability to be effective and like get things done, right? Through yourself and others. And in business, specifically, it's personality traits, leadership skills, and personal disciplines. So a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm going to run a business. I, I should work, get some leadership training. But it's like, what is leadership? Well, now we know that leadership skills in relation to business are self-awareness skills, communication and cooperation skills, emotional intelligence skills, and adaptability. That if you say you want to improve your leadership, you need to focus on those areas. And, and it's easy, you know, focus on the bottleneck. So those are the eight success factors. There are subcomponents to each, but typically... My theory is that failure in business is is a failure to to fix a bottleneck in one of these eight areas, that, so to speak. Yeah, and with those eight critical success factors, are there also why businesses thrive and others don't do it really well? Is because they haven't been aware of these eight critical success factors? Because you you mentioned about the internal, which is the mindset, the self efficacy, right through to 
business intelligence, you know, talking about the operation side of things, there needs to be quite balanced. So why do businesses thrive and others fail? Is it because they don't have, you know, those set standards of those processes? Like how did you find in those, in those researches of yours? Right. Well, so a perfect example, think of newspapers. They used to say newspaper subscriptions were rivers of gold, right? And then blogs came out and the newspapers had, had failed to stay in touch with their market, right? So they thought they were delivering wads of advertising wrapped in stories, but people wanted to be informed on critical issues and the blogs were a more effective, more efficient means of doing it. And so while newspapers started drying up, a lot of them didn't know what to do. And so they just kept... Like, that's the thing is a lot of us don't know what we don't know. And so in the face of this changing industry, the majority just kept doing what they knew how to do and they did it harder. They're like, well, I just got to market and sell it harder. But they had, they had lost that product market fit and they didn't recalibrate, right? They didn't adjust their, they didn't renew their market intelligence, their market research. They didn't change their strategy. They just kept trying to hammer. Their only tool was a hammer and they just kept treating everything like a nail. And you can see that again and again and again. You know, meanwhile, you take someone like Elon Musk, uh, you know, he made $320 million selling a car he had no factory and team to help produce. He made a minimum viable product, was really in tune with the market, had a great strategy, right? And managed to have itself, like fund itself in pre-orders, $1,000 pre-orders. He did 300, I think it was 2016. So again, it's, it's this, it's, it's knowing the right things. Ignorance isn't bliss. It's, it's suffering, it's failure, it's delays, it's hesitation. It's shoulda, woulda, coulda. And so that's my current theory now is that, you know, if we can diagnose and we found ways to like assess people, if we can diagnose where their biggest bottleneck is and fix it. You can eliminate and, and, you know, and help them and help them uh, succeed. Business intelligence is kind of counterintuitive. It's the feedback loop. It's not necessarily your business knowledge. It's, it's, it's like the dashboard of a car. How fast are we going? How, you know, what's our run rate? What, not just financials, because that's part of money management, which is what Enron. Enron had poor money management. They went belly up, right? Mm. So, so based, based on that, you know, from what I'm hearing, it's all about you know innovation. It's all about it's all about continuous improvement. So you're not stopping by improving. And so we can go through the motions and the process, but if you don't stop improving, and like you just said about Elon Musk and you know all those examples about being innovative, you know cutting costs, but at the same token, it, it's these innovation changes. It's keeping up into the markets, keeping up into the demand, um, and obviously with with businesses who whether it's you know um, self based entrepreneurship or they actually have a, a traditional business how do people continue to stay upbeat and how do they continue to build you know successful habits because you're all about habits how do you do that right right yeah so i mean again we are what we repeatedly do right so uh, therefore it was the excellences i should know that quote but it's it's the, it, i'm gonna butcher it you know, self-efficacy is a big thing because if you and your competitors wake up with a to-do list and you only get one or two items done, but your competitors consistently get all items done, they're going to make more progress and outwork you. All a company is, is a group of people who solve the pain of another group of people. And they solve that pain via a product or service. Something not really talked about. Everybody wants to talk about productivity and time management. A lot of people don't want to talk about energy management and health. Personal disciplines are really important. Physical health, sleep, diet, fitness, 
the more physically fit you are, the more uh, mental, like uh, the more emotionally resilient you are, the more resilient you are for stress. So those are really important, that discipline, right? So if I, I can only run one kilometer before I'm exhausted. Let's say if I ran one kilometer at the end, I'm like, Oof, and I need to like sit down and take a long rest and maybe even a nap. That's my energy gas tank I bring to every day. Whereas if I could snap my fingers and change my capacity to now I can run 10 kilometers, I have that much more energy to bring to every day. So that's another factor in there. And it really is hard to say. A lot of people are like, well, what's the one ring to rule them all, so to speak? And at the end of the day, it would be self-efficacy. And that's where they're like the grind it out. It's because, well, you got to figure it out. But again, you don't necessarily have to figure it out because you could have, you could be super effective. But a lot of those newspapers had great efficacy, right? Self-efficacy. They're working hard, but they just, it's, it's, there's a book called the theory of constraints. And the idea is that let's say your marketing and sales are operating at a 10 out of 10, but your team, let's say, I don't even know, let's say you run an agency, your team can only handle five, six clients before quality goes off of a cliff. The bottleneck is not sales and marketing for you, right? The bottleneck is going to be quality control. And it's like the opposite. This is a very simple example, but it's the opposite. Let's say you're so focused on product and quality, but nobody knows your business exists, right? So that's, again, that, that's where people aren't assessing. And that's part of where our eight factors hopefully can help people is because now you can habitually assess yourself, figure out where the bottleneck is, and not just the bottleneck, but really drill down into like the level. Like, is the issue that our team has poor morale? And is it because they're just sitting, blah, this? And is their health deteriorating? Are they eating bad food? I mean, I can eat a big meal and then feel sluggish. And here's the thing people don't even think about is that all your decisions and judgments stack on each other. That's like compound interest. If, if you have terrible sleep, it's uh, like there's regulations on truck drivers on how much sleep they have to get per hours driving on the road. They have to have a certain amount of rest. And it's because lack of rest, you actually, uh, it's, it's, it's as bad as drinking. It's as bad as driving drunk. So if you're driving your business drunk and you're like, I'm going to grind it out. And you're the four hour a night sleep guy. That was me for years. If you're the four hour a night sleep guy and you're stacking drunken decision on drunken decision for a year. How does that add up versus if you came to every day peak mental and physical condition and made the best decision possible and constantly. So what changed for you, Daryl? Like what changed for you? What was your pivotal point to say, you know what? I got to change myself. Like how did, how did you change your habits? Was it because you you hit a certain point where you said enough is enough or was it a health factor? And, And it's good that you actually mentioned because not many people talk about energy management. Not many people talk about their health. They talk about the business, but when it comes to operating at a higher level, it's about looking after yourself. You know, it's all about, you know, maintaining a really healthy balance. I wouldn't say on a diet, but you know that you can produce a lot more when you actually have rested body, your mindset, you, you know, mental state, everything in between. Like, what was it for you? Well, it, I mean, I could give a lot of differences. Um, it's a hard question to answer because it's not necessarily like the one moment in my life. I think it's constant renewal of character like anyone that's in high performance knows what you did yesterday doesn't really matter it may give you it may give you a cushy start you know it might give you a head start on today but all high performance people know that tomorrow i got my favorite quote every morning in africa a lion wakes up and it knows it must outrun the slowest gazelle or it will starve every morning in africa when the sun comes up a gazelle knows it must outrun the fastest lion or it will be killed 
So the moral of the story is it doesn't matter if you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Like, especially now, globalization might be slowing down because of supply chains. But you're in Australia. I'm in the Philippines. If you're doing work with a computer, you're up against software, algorithms, AI, and any other human being on the planet with a laptop and an internet connection. And so there's just a lot of people that they're just like, you know, they want to spend more time sleeping than they do wanting to. And it comes down to helping people. Again, it's not that you have to work 12 hours a day, but you have to be plugged into a community somehow and helping them. And that's where when we figured out agriculture, it allowed people the luxury of freedom, like free time to come up with creative new things to do. And our whole society is built up on that, you know, and that's where, you know, I'm bored. Like a movie, like tonight, my, my girlfriend, my daughter, they want to go see a movie, right? Friday night, let's go see a movie. I'm bored. My teeth hurt. A dentist. I'm hungry. You get the farmer's market, right? Or a, a restaurant. And like, what is that problem you are solving? And that's where together, you know, we make more. And, um, you know, if we enter a global economic recession, it's going to become really important what problems you're solving for people. Because there's going to be a hierarchy of problems people care about, right? <laughs> and, uh, you know... Checking out some new thing that may or may not be cool may not be at the top of the list. So you really got to be clear on what it is you're doing to help people. And even if you look again, I'm, I, I am a bit of an Elon fanboy and I don't mean to bring him up, but you look at the things he's focused on, they're all glaringly huge pain points for our species. Like, hey, at some point there's going to be an extinction level event on this planet. It's not if, it's when. It could be a million years, okay. But that's a huge problem, right? The whole car thing, the boring. How many people are stuck in traffic? So he's not, he's not like, I'm going to open up a taco stand with a new type of hot chili pepper. Now, that's valid. If there's an office building where lots of people work, and I'm going to show up and I'm going to give them healthy food, like the Mediterranean diet, paleo, those are diets proven to help reduce all-cause mortality. So if someone's like, look, these are busy people. You may not have time to prepare food. I'm a, but that, what's the problem, right? The problem is you are now supporting. You're like the person handing out water at a marathon. It's not, and that's not how a lot of people start businesses. A lot of people like, I love baking. People like my baking stuff. So I spend my life, I spend months planning my logos and my colors and my menu, you know, and I pick this location that's within my budget. I don't really care if it's near anyone that actually wants to buy my stuff. Right. And then I got this place and all my friends come and make it their obligatory one purchase. And at this point now it's like, you know, the reality sets in and now it's like, oh, now I got to find the people to serve. So um, I'm on a bit of a rant, but hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's some helpful answers in there for the listeners. Yeah. And those who are actually sitting in and watching through the podcast or those who are actually in a they're quite, quite stuck in their business. What is the thing that you would point out as an advice for them to actually start checking on based on the eight critical success factors that you just mentioned today? Right. Well, you can reach out to us at bestbusinesscoach.ca, but you can also just think of these topics and some of them might sound foreign to you or unfamiliar, or you may just right off the bat, no, this isn't. And I mean, I'll go through them again. Now we did find a ninth factor and that was government and economic conditions. But here's the interesting thing. Whether you have a hostile government or a friendly government to business, or whether you are in a good economy or a bad economy, the only thing a business owner can do, like you and I, we're not going to change the economy. We're not going to change the government on our own. That's a long, slow process that takes a lot of people, right? So the only things that we can really focus on are 
self-efficacy, the market intelligence, the strategic planning, the marketing strategy, our sales strategy and skills, our money management, our business operations, and our business intelligence. So I would say for them to figure out where the bottleneck is and either learn, hire, borrow, collaborate with someone that has that strength, you know, and accept that we don't know what we don't know. Exactly. Now, these are powerful stuff, and I know that we can go in-depth one of these critical success factors but i know that we've got all the show notes there with all the links now if you guys want to get in touch and really reach out to daryl and you've been inspired we've got that over there provided for you so man it's just with this jam episode alone there's so much tons of value just around this um daryl i asked this question to every guest that's on the podcast show what is your meaning of motivation without the hype and how do you use motivation for your personal success yeah, it's a great question. I just think it comes down to your why. Uh, the Japanese have a word called ikigai, which is your reason to live. Again, it's it's like the book report you can't force yourself to do. And maybe maybe it's, or maybe you just need a deeper perspective. You know, maybe you got to see the bigger picture. For example, our mission is to help create 200 new multi-million dollar businesses. How? Science and accountability. And so like when I talk with my team, one of my staff actually helped us connect to have this interview. And I let her know, like, you're not just sending some emails. You're helping us connect with people who need help in the world so we can help create 200 new multi-million dollar businesses. And even if someone doesn't make the multi-millions, maybe someone just needs a couple extra sales in order to pay for the rising food costs. So, you know, and now she's got a bigger perspective. Now she's like, I get how this... Because she's got this personal, I love helping people in communities. And it's just that paradigm shift. Right. And so that, you don't necessarily need motivation. That's right. Love it. big why. <laughs> it's the why. Oh, wow. You know, Daryl, thank you so much. You know, like everything about the eight critical success factors has been an eye opener. And I trust that those who are listening, watching, if that speaks to you and resonates with you, please get in touch with Daryl. Everything's all provided on the show notes. And please do connect with him and follow him as well. You know, if this episode has been helpful and uplifting, we'd love for you to write a review to inspire more listeners to get plugged in. We will continue to provide high-value content in each and every episode. Now, if you don't mind sharing this podcast show on social media by inviting others, it would mean the world to me. Every time you tag me or tag us, we'll get the opportunity to share those posts. And together, we can make a difference in the lives of others through inspirational episodes just like this. So there you have it. In closing, continue to unleash your greatness and tell yourself that I can I will, and I must, and we'll see you on the next episode.